What's up, Rebels? Powerful parents, how are you doing? Thanks for taking time out of your day to try to be a little better at parenting and your marriage. We've got a great program today. Mom's on the mic. It means the Atomic Mom, Producer K, my wife, Laura Dobson, and Kristen Chadwick, our producer, joined by our friend Vicki Courtney, talking about how do you have conversations with our daughters, the Generation Z. I have a 12-year-old son in Generation Z. I'm now doing speaking events with kids my kids age and it totally freaks me out sometimes so laura and Kristen have a great conversation talking about how to not let the culture define your kids guarding your heart respecting sex childhood is only for a season who are you and who have you been becoming it is such a great conversation you're going to love it this portion of the podcast is sponsored by my pillow mypillow.com code word rebel for a four for a discount on a four-pack of pillows. I was just thinking, I was at Costco and saw the, the MyPillow display there, and I uh, I calculated out our discount versus their discount. Rebel Parenting is better. Moms on the Mic discount and the voice of the martyrs, helping those being persecuted for over 50 years. Persecution.com. Let's join the podcast now with the Atomic Mom, Producer K, and our friend Vicki Courtney on Moms on the Mic on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hello, everybody. Here we are at Moms on the Mic. Hello, Rebels and Mamas. Yeah. Rebel Mamas. Rebel Mamas. <laughs> That's it. Rebel yes. Mamas. And we just want to thank MyPillow.com for being our sponsor. Mm-hmm. And if you type the word in, uh, the code word Rebel to MyPillow.com, you will get your discount and get your free pillow. And I have to admit, I love my pillow. Yes. I still won't give one away. I have two. Not and even I'm me. I'm very uh, <laughs> fortunate of my pillow. So, And it's cheaper than Costco, is what Ryan just told me. We just found out it's cheaper than Costco to go to ours and type in the word rebel at the code. So anyway, we are here today with Vicki Courtney, and we're going to uh, just dive in and start talking about how to talk to our daughters. I'm yes. so excited because I feel this is exactly what I need as a mom. Um, my mom personally didn't tell me much. She, I was just kind of thrown to the wolves with all my brothers. I have five five older brothers and a dad, so I am pretty Woo. clueless about this conversations that we're going to start having on this show today. So I hope all the listeners get a lot out of it. And uh, Vicki, thank you for being with us today. Yeah. Well, thank you all for having me. <laughs> all right. Well, so Vicki, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Sure, sure. So I uh, have been married 31, going on 32 years. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. I know, I guess not many people can say that nowadays, but no. uh, wonderful and godly man. And we have three grown adult children, a son, a daughter, and then the baby is a son. And the good news about all that is that they are married. Um, They are off the payroll um, and they have, (laughs) they're all raising children of their own now, which makes me a grandmother, which is such a, that that is the reward for all that hard work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I can't wait to be a grandma. Five grandkids and a sixth one on the way. So all boys, except for one little grand princess in the mix. Oh, I love it. That is awesome. And so good. We're all terrified of her. She calls the shots. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) of course. Of course. course. That's how it is. So does my daughter. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
Mine here. Mine too. Not a bad thing in today's world, right? Right. No. Not at all. Not at all. True. So we just wanted to get in and dive right in and start talking about what are some of the deep issues and deep things that we should be talking to our daughters about that by the time they leave the nest or leave the house, that they are well aware of these conversations that we're about to talk about. Right. Well, just to give you a brief background. So I originally wrote five conversations you must have with your daughter 10 years ago. Wow. And then my publisher approached me about a year and a half ago and asked if I would uh, update the book. And I, with a little bit of hesitation, um, <laughs> agreed to do it because as I just mentioned, I'm in this delightful chapter where ignorance is bliss. You know, yeah. like I, yeah. I am not on the hook to raise these little grandchildren. So I, I can just like spoil and rotten and not know what's going on in the culture right now. <laughs> I love it. So when I accepted uh, the challenge, I had to dive back into the trenches and figure out, okay, what has been going on in the last 10 years? And mm -hmm. I have to say, I was, I was pretty shocked. I mean, I knew somewhat of what was, you know, shaken down out there, but um, what I figured out pretty quickly is that the original book was written pretty much to parents raising millennial children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Challenge now was to really write an updated version of the book for millennial parents, essentially raising this new generation that they dubbed uh, Gen Z or iGen, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, brand new set of parents uh, raising a brand new generation of kids facing a brand new set of challenges. And so, mm -hmm. I learned pretty quickly that while there's a little bit of crossover between Gen Z and millennials. Uh, they really are a completely different animal when it comes to the culture's challenges. And I think the thing that jumped out at me the most was that um, it is the first generation growing up in post-Christian America. Huh. Yes. At the, you know, yes, it, it was heartbreaking to me to mm. read that and see that in print. Um, but then as a grandmother, you know, I, I have, I have skin in this game, right? Yes. So yeah. I was um, happy to jump back in, and I, sometimes it was a little bit overwhelming reading statistics mm -hmm. related to, you know, this generation is facing a mental health crisis, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just epic, record level numbers of anxiety, depression, even suicide and such. And so not to start off, you know, on this whole interview with the doom and gloom, uh, but just being honest, I mean, it yeah. was, it really was a little bit shocking to oh, I'm sure. see how much things have changed in just a short period of time. And then where do we go with that? And so the good news about all that is that, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And mm -hmm. so the same hope uh, that mm -hmm. we that parents had, you know, whether they were raising kids, you know, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, or now is, is there today. And so yes. mm -hmm. we can't lose sight of that. Oh, That's I love right. that. You are right. So For what sure. are... Uh, good <laughs> so with the comparison of millennials and now to generation z what are some other bigger challenges that you see that that z is having to confront or the parents are going to have to maybe it's a newer conversation that you're we as parents are going to have to have with our daughters and sons so I'll give you a few examples here. So my first conversation has to do with identity, which we know is just huge in culture. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
10 years ago, I wasn't really having to address, okay, um, I'm writing to mothers whose daughters think they may be sons, right? Mm -hmm. Or right. You know, just gender identity crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and just even in respect to what does biblical manhood and womanhood look like in today's culture? Yeah. Uh, because we, I think in years past, we've gotten a very rigid sort of stereotypical view of what makes a, you know, a godly woman and what makes a godly man. And, uh, and I'm not saying we're in any way changing what scripture says in regard to that. We don't do that, obviously. But, um, you know, I really, I ask some tough questions just in diving in because there's a lot of what has been taught, you know, in the last 50 years. It's just not going to fly with this generation. I'm just going to yeah. be honest. I mean, it is mm -hmm. yeah. not going to fly. It's not flying right now. And, mm. you know, where millennials were dubbed the duns, you know, in regard to they're done with organized religion slash church, all of that. Gen Z is has been dubbed the nuns. Like we're talking about this is a clean slate generation where and, and in mm. some ways that's actually better. Like if you're up for the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're not too tired to be up for the challenge. Right. A clean slate is oftentimes better to work with than a demographic that is just tired and disgusted and you know just apathetic yeah exactly you're yeah disappointed in what they saw maybe growing up not to mm -hmm. put blame on um, christian parents in any way but there are things we get right and there are things we get wrong and so yeah. in this edition um the updated version and god has taught me so much as well and you know i i should say that 10 years ago when the books were coming out I had one in college and two in high school, right? So mm -hmm. now to write this updated version and be looking in my rearview mirror is a completely different ballgame. Right. So That's a I, special viewpoint. Well, I could come along and actually encourage the moms that, you know, there's really um, little that we gain in majoring in the minors. And what are the most important things that, you know, in the aftermath of all of this that mm. my, care, my, my kids took away into their own uh, adult years and, and now their own homes. And um, I, you know, I've always been very careful to take any credit for the way kids turn out, right? Because you never know. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, my story probably sounds somewhat similar to, to yours, Laura, and that I, you know, I didn't have a lot of guidance growing up. I don't know if that's your story, but yeah. I wasn't in a Christian home. I didn't right. become a Christian until I was 21 years old in college and yeah. uh, it's all brand new to me. And so, um, you know, I, I don't want to ever, I don't know, just mm -hmm. put categories on people like, well, you're only going to turn out, your kids aren't going to turn out if you're not going to church every Sunday and you yeah. know, this and that. Mm -hmm. And so those are wonderful things, but we need to be careful that we don't send a message that, you know, there's this formula, mm -hmm. you know, you raise your kids, you check off all the boxes and they're guaranteed to walk with Jesus into their adult years. And, right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got to share with my children's permission, my adult children's permission, of course, um, some really hard lessons we learned along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, in those, you know, it got tough for us in the high school years. It was, I think, more enjoyable than even the baby years. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, there was hurt. There were hurdles along the way, mm -hmm. uh, even in the aftermath or college years. And so, uh, my my youngest, I would say, was he wasn't your stereotypical. Uh, prodigal and that you you know he didn't really um, announce that he was leaving the path and and rush into the world so he was still very active in church and leading um, in young life in his college years but he was very much away from God mm -hmm. and so in my my book and conversations with your sons I share his story of mm -hmm. the struggle he had and 
uh, really an addiction, if you will. And mm. so in the aftermath of all that, and mm. I, I don't know, I've just always been one of these that I'm like, I, I, we've all probably had our feel of moms who are trying to present themselves as having it all together. And I never wanted to be that person just to yeah. <laughs> pressure. And so I've, I've really approached the, my writing in the same way that if I can't be honest and talk about um, the messy parts of parenting, mm-hmm. then it's just not something I want to do because that's oh, not perfect. realistic. We're, we're all going through some messes here. Yeah. Um, so all that to say, you know, the challenge um, in writing these was just to look at that, the differences there, but then also I had the luxury now of looking in my rearview mirror and even asking my adult children, okay, you guys have kids of your own now. Mm. What what worked in this book and what did not work in this book? <laughs> be honest and tell me so I could write those things out that didn't work or adjust them. And so, you know, I was honest about just a lot of things in that. And I should say those since we're primarily talking about daughters. So you guys need to have me come back and we'll talk about sons on another Yes, day. definitely. That's definitely. Cool. Uh, my daughter right there in the middle, two, two brothers, uh, was really my good kid, right? So I always look at it like, you know, in the prodigal son story, you've got the prodigal son and then you've got the elder brother and everybody picks on that prodigal son, right? Right. And it makes me crazy because I certainly, you know, in my, my years, I've probably more identified with him. I had to sow a whole lot of wild oats before I got to Jesus, <laughs> and even in the aftermath of that. Yeah. And so, um, my daughter's one of these, much like her father, my husband, who would probably identify more with the elder son. Mm-hmm, <laughs> they mm-hmm. told the line. It's not fair, you know, all of that. And so in writing that, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of teenage challenges with her, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And by college, she was really, um, she was looking for the campus Bible study and that sort of a thing. Now, my boys were a little bit of a different story, like I said, but my daughter, the challenge was different because we have challenges when we're raising some a child that identifies more with being the elder sibling yes. right, or the yes. elder brother in that story because they can struggle with being judgmental yeah uh, self-righteous you know, yep. right exactly. i know i know the way i know i know what's right exactly yep. so recognizing that in your kids is very helpful i would share mm-hmm. to mothers out there but uh some of the things that i tackle in the book so conversation one really has to do i mentioned with identity and part of you know more specifically and there's uh, three chapters for every conversation and so the whole idea oh. with the five conversations is that these are ongoing conversations okay. you start these conversations as young as possible mm-hmm. and you continue them over time of course adapting them to their level of understanding and their mm-hmm. what they're able to comprehend and and such and so you know with that first conversation and dealing with identity i talk a lot uh, to mothers of daughters about making sure your daughter um, you instill a proper sense of worth and mm. that she doesn't get caught up in the what i call the world's uh, flawed equations for worth you know yeah <laughs> really you know that worth is equal to what she looks like right you know, her reflection right. in the mirror what the culture tells her she should look like Mm-hmm. Uh, are her gifts, her talents, you know, but it, it's more based on your ability that your worth is tied into what you look like, what you do, what other people think. And of course, that's huge with all the pressures that come for our daughters with social media when we open that door, Pandora's box. And yep. uh, every day is a popularity contest. Every day they're judged for the how many likes, how many, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I get enough followers? Did I get enough clicks? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, yeah. you know, 
I didn't have that growing up. And I'm frankly, I'm quite glad I didn't have that yeah. challenge. I think Me I would have just been a mess of a girl, bigger yeah. mess than really already was. Yeah. So I couldn't have handled, I think, the pressures that come with that. So I talk a lot, you know, in, in that particular um, conversation, just again, with the culture's very narrow definition of beauty, mm. um, where our daughters fall in line to that, but I also ask the mom some hard questions. And every conversation has some really deep questions at the end, because I'm hoping that moms will use this for like group study or book club and yeah. they will get together and hold each other accountable. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of it in that conversation is having moms really reflect on what am I modeling to my daughter right. with own behaviors um, the things that I say when I look at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> were just before. talking about we this. We were just having this conversation, Vicki. How do we talk to our listeners and to all our rebel moms out there that struggle with their own body image and mm. struggle with their own self-image and their own clicks and I'm not getting enough likes on this post yep. or I'm, hey. I, I wish my YouTube channel was better or whatever it is. What, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm sure you yeah. yeah, so we uh, expand, keep Especially going. with this generation that can call, you know, I don't believe one word that you said because I'm watching you. Yep. yep. That's right. So, okay, Laura, something you just said, and I think it's so perfect. I would say, and you worded it so beautifully there with all the things that we ourselves struggle with. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how old we are, right? Right. So I'd start with being honest. And that's a lot of what I talk about mm-hmm. in this book is that I think sometimes as moms, we um, feel the pressure that we have to measure up and mm-hmm. portray ourselves to our children as like this pretty package and we have it all together and yeah. we never lose it. My kids know that, yeah, mom's going to lose it at times, but, <laughs> but we also have many of the same struggles, right? And mm-hmm. so there's nothing wrong. In fact, there's it, it's beneficial if you set your daughter down and you're like, you know, the other day was the weirdest thing. I was online and I was looking at somebody else's podcast and I noticed, golly, I mean, look at where it's ranked and look how many listeners they have. And I found myself getting so wrapped up into this whole idea of, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I had to stop and remind myself, what does God's word tell me about my worth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be, I, I don't measure it based on how many listeners I have to a podcast or where it's ranked. And mm-hmm. so just kind of using your example there that in sharing with our, our children that we are on the same journey. We yes, are, we're fellow sojourners. We're struggling mm-hmm. as well, and we're learning as we go. We don't necessarily have this all together, but we, along with you, can identify the things that leave us feeling really empty mm-hmm. and gross, and empty, right? And so, by helping our children identify, okay, I have that same empty place. Yeah, and I fill it with um, looking for worth in all the wrong places, whether it's. Uh, hopping on social media and mm-hmm. posting sort of picture that I'm hoping gets a bunch of likes and comments, especially from opposite sex and, you know, that, that sort of thing that, um, I, that's what our girls are going through. I mean, yeah. they're, they're dealing with those battles every day. And so if we can let them know that on some level we face, we, we face a similar battle and we're trying to remind ourselves as well of God's truth. Mm-hmm. then they see that it's always going to be a battle. It's yeah. Not, but pretend like it's not, and we make it look so easy, then for one thing, they don't feel like we're really a safe person to share their struggles with, right? For sure, yeah. I mean, mom has it all together, and she expects that I'm going to toe the line and at yeah. least pretend to have it together. So yeah. I tell her yeah. about these 
pictures. So mm. well, and it can lead to like, what's wrong with me? Why? Why am I right. struggling with these conversations? And I love it too, just because it feels like that's just the human condition nowadays exactly. in, in today's mm. culture, whether you be man, woman, or whatever. You're. It's just the human condition that we're all up against mm-hmm. um, it, it from our culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's, you know, the first conversation. The second conversation mm. um, is to guard your heart. And that one is, of course, mm. that's good. It's always one of my favorite verses and um, sharing with teenagers. I don't do a lot of speaking to teenagers anymore. Now that I'm on the grandmother end, I find that they're not really looking for grandmothers to come in and speak to you. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I always talk about how guard your heart for it. It, you know, is the wellspring of life. It, it, mm-hmm. it influences one translation. I think New Living says it influences everything you do. And that's the truth. I mean, it mm. really does. And so uh, if they don't at some point learn to guard their hearts, then they're going to be setting themselves up for a world of hurt. And of course, that's, again, something that we can share with them that we struggle with as well. And And so in that particular conversation, I am really dealing specifically with um, ways to reinforce that. Like what yes. sort of friends are they choosing? Mm-hmm, uh, okay. because you, you are who you hang out, mm-hmm. hang out with bad company does corrupt mm-hmm. good morals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, also dealing with digital distractions and, mm. uh, you know, I think I alluded to at the beginning, uh, the mental health crisis and yeah. you know, the, the data that is out there now with that, um, with just the influences, digital technology, media, all of that social media is having on our kids is just absolutely astounding. And so Mm. at some point, we've got to sit down with our daughters and make sure that they are learning to guard their hearts. Uh, Because truth be told, we are not going to be able to draw a boundary and put them in this tiny little tidy safe space where, you know, we can guarantee that they're never going to stumble across uh, pornography or they're mm-hmm. never going to uh, be involved in, you know, a temptation to sex to boy or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. We are going to have to address these things head on and be willing to talk about them very mm-hmm. candidly in our homes. And what um, can I ask? Cause we're all about getting honest with our children here. Yeah. Um, at what age would you start talking about the pornography and the sexting and the things of that nature with your girls. It's a lot younger than what I recommended in the, in the book 10 years ago, but I would say, you know, okay, to jump ahead to conversation three, just so we don't blend that one with conversation two. Okay. I talked about, Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, in order to really talk about some of the things that are dangerous in regard to sexting and such, we have to have the groundwork, obviously, of, um, you know, discussing with them first, what is sex? And, you know, and so I, like in that conversation, I share with parents probably around age eight. I, I mean, I know it sounds incredibly young, but we need to remember that they are hearing so much of this already, in the, you know, just on the mm-hmm. playground. School. Yeah. And, and when I, when I, I, you know, you don't have to go into all the, the nitty gritty details, but to at least um, be the first one to say to them, maybe, hey, hey, you know what? And with a lot of confidence, not freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Not, should be no shame in this whatsoever. Yeah. But, you know, hey, I just wanted to, you know, sit you down and have a talk about, you know, tell you about this word that you're going to probably be hearing. Somewhere mm-hmm. along the line in the next few years, you're probably going to hear the word sex. And I don't want to be the one to tell you what it means because God created sex to be something wonderful and beautiful mm-hmm. between a husband and wife. And a lot of people are telling some lies. 
about that out there. Hmm. And so I want you to always feel comfortable coming to me and telling me when you've heard that word. Yeah. Uh, someone's told you a lie about it. And hmm. so, you know, you take the shame away from it first yeah. of all. You know, okay. you make sure that they feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah. And so as they get, so I, so I would say, you know, definitely eight to 10, probably mm -hmm. more eight years old if it's the youngest child or, or mm -hmm. a younger child of, you know, older siblings or yeah. um, they're, you know, in school around kids a lot. Um, if they're more sheltered, mom's going to have to try to figure out and dad. Um, and I say mom because I think it's ever so important that dads have these same conversations. Yeah, of course. Board mothers. Um but, you know, they'll have to figure out just based on their own child's level of understanding what they're ready for. Mm. Uh, but then back, you know, jumping back to conversation too, once you lay the groundwork and of course you've had conversations about sex and such, at some point we're going to have to start talking to our daughters and our sons for that matter uh, about sexting and just all that's mm. out there, pornography. And, um, and I would say, you know, really, again, probably we're looking at, uh, for pornography, eight to 10 years old. Yeah, you know, even then still. Many kids are stumbling upon it, whether it's accidental. Um, well, they're I, saying the average is usually is 10 years old. Hmm. Yes. Where first boy sees pornography. Yes, and, and I believe it's now the same for girls. For girls, okay, mm -hmm. so it's similar. Okay. And, and he, so here's the, the challenge that we have with Gen Z as compared to millennials and boomers and gen x and such um this is the first time that you know they are showing indication that they really don't think it's that bad yep whereas before previous generations it wasn't hard to convince them that pornography is immoral mm -hmm. and so the challenge we face now is that a lot of them don't even really think it's a bad thing yep it's so natural and normal and this is just something kids do. And so I'll give you kind of a um, scary statistic that That's I ran across. Cool. It was a, it was a, get ready. It was a Barna survey. Yeah. And they found that when teens and young adults um, were asked to rank a series of actions, uh, lying, stealing, adultery, et cetera, on a five point scale based on, okay, is that action always okay? Usually okay. It's neither wrong nor okay, or usually it's wrong or it's always wrong. Um, teens and young adults ranked not recycling as more immoral than viewing pornographic images. Oh no! Oh my gosh! For not real? Recycling. Not recycling. Ranked. Yes, it. I can exactly. see that. I can see. Yes, you yeah. can see it play out. I can I see hope. it play out. Oh, it actually ranked number four, pretty high up. Oh, um, yeah. Cons significant consumption of electricity or water ranked number seven and viewing pornographic images was way down at number nine. Wow. Wow. So, so here's the challenge we face. Yeah. You know, here's the war we're in. All right. We can't assume that it's enough to just sit our kids down, especially for a one-time conversation and say, okay, here's what pornography <laughs> yes. is. Yeah. And you, you may accidentally see this. Someone may try to show you this, whatever the circumstances is. You can't just go, it's wrong. The Bible says it's wrong and you shouldn't look at it. Right. No, you know, no. The generation that's like hearing, well, it's why is it wrong? What what's wrong with it, right? Who's yeah. really hurting? And so you've got to go a step further and you've got to and I feel like we really always should have been doing this as parents that if always explain the why behind yeah. okay, this is what God's word says. Mm -hmm. and yep. 
he cares for us and he loves us and he created us and he has our best interest in mind. And, um, and so we have to take the time to over and over again explain and then re-explain the why behind God's standard. Yes. Uh, because we can't, we can't assume that, you know, they're growing up in a culture where it's just natural for them to know that, okay, obviously that would be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not the truth. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, and so, the effects of it, I mean, there's been so many studies of how bad pornography has corrupted our culture and i don't right. i think just having one conversation about it would not do justice to anybody but just how it affects the brain how it's affecting people having sex later in life mm-hmm. how it just all the things that it's doing There's to so women sex trafficking yeah. i mean mm-hmm. you can dive into Absolutely. so many avenues mm-hmm. to where if you really want to get honest with your child and really like give them a big view and of I it do, I, I uncover that in the oh. uh, whole entire chapter dedicated to pornography awesome. yes. and yes. <laughs> the brain chemistry, yes. as you mentioned, you know, behind all this and mm-hmm. how, you know, what it does is it creates a neural pathway when yep. you mm-hmm. view over and over again after a while, you know, you're every time what you're looking for is kind of that dopamine blast of the brain. And, yep. you, know, you know, it's telling you, go do this again. The compulsion is so strong. It's been likened to, you know, breaking a heroin addiction. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, we, that's, that's part of what I'm talking about when I say we have to, it's not enough just to say the Bible says mm-hmm. this is wrong. We have got no. to explain to them, um, you know, the, the why behind God's standards, but really also, you know, I mean, e- even um, uh, doing research in the uh, third conversation related to sex, I uncovered, this was a good eight, 10 years ago when I wrote the boy version, um, I uncovered information or data about uh, oxytocin which is you know the hormone that basically um, signals labor in the in a mother when she's about mm-hmm. to deliver mm-hmm. tells her body to go into labor and it's also the same hormone that triggers um, a signal to let for a mother's milk to come down and they call it the bonding and trust hormone yeah and you know it builds trust and bonding between mother and child well that same hormone is found when you have sex Mm-hmm. And so just in explaining that to my daughter and my son, I told them all about oxytocin and just how that, that mm-hmm. hormone is released and God intended that. And when he says the two shall become one, I mean, look how beautiful that is. It's supporting yeah. what scientists, neuroscientists have found happens when you have sex. Mm-hmm. And so and to take that out of the context of marriage is where it, it, it becomes broken. Yeah, you're not supposed to bond someone um, other than, of course, your spouse. And so, you know, in explaining those things, um, we educate them, but it also supports so much of what God's word is already telling us. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. And does the oxytocin also get released when they're watching porn? Yes, it does. Okay. Just... I, I believe it's referred to a version of it as vasopressin. Okay. And so, you know, that's what's going on there. And so in dopamine and all those chemicals and just lighting up the brain. Yeah. And, just um, again, you yeah. know, and so yeah. it's much like being addicted to alcohol or drugs. Um, you know, and, and I'll go ahead and share here because it's public in the five conversations with son's book. Obviously, it's there for anyone to read. But this was a struggle that my youngest son had. And we discovered mm-hmm. this a year after he was married. Mm-hmm. And it almost destroyed his marriage. And so my son... Uh, and he's in a wonderful place today. He's actually yeah. leading 
men's group at his church. He's mm. um, he's got That's heavy great. accountability. He's weekly. He sees a counselor. Yeah. Um, you know, he he will be the first to tell you that when you are breaking an addiction like this, it is a full time job for the rest of your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that going yep. into it. So he um, writes the most beautiful letter of encouragement mm-hmm. to moms. In, and it's a bonus conversation in the back of the book that really what he wants moms to know who are fearful that oh. their son may, oh, it, it will make you ball like a baby. Oh. It actually was, it wasn't, I didn't even ask him to do this. And it was, I had the book for another 48 hours before it was due to go to the printer. And I was looking at it for just those final, the page proofs, you know, you're at the last final hurdle. Yeah, and yeah. My son said he felt like God was nudging him to write something for the book. And I said, go for it. And um, I, of course, received it and cried. And then after I finished crying, then <laughs> I contacted my editor and she said, this has to go in the book. And so it's absolutely beautiful because, I you know, and, and here's what I want you to know. All of that brain chemistry stuff was in the original book. And so I know a mom might be listening and thinking, oh, great. So the lady who wrote the book and was actually one of probably a handful, <laughs> truth be told, you know, yeah. eight or ten years, years ago that was having brain, the brain chemistry mm-hmm. conversations yeah. with her sons. Now, I would be lying if I told you this thought didn't occur to me as well, right? Mm-hmm. That, okay, how does the mother who wrote the book and was actually having these conversations have a son who falls into this. Now, I want to share that with you to mm-hmm. say, that's how powerful this drug is. Yes. Yeah. That's how powerful this drug is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my son shares in the letter the most important thing, and I don't want to give it away. So, mm. you know, stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The most important thing moms need to remember, and dads for that matter, when talking to their kids about this. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we do our job, right? We do the best job we possibly can. God's given us to be stewards of our children. And um, I don't I don't take any responsibility in any way, shape, or form that this is something that my son fell into. But it's a mother's tendency, and that's why I share that, to just beat ourselves mm. up and think, oh, I'm sure I could have read one more book, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> more conversation right and so anyway it's a beautiful letter that he writes to moms to encourage them that's and awesome. remind them of what's truly important when uh talking more important basically than having verbal conversations with your sons mm. and it boils down to a lot of what we're talking about don't be afraid to share that you're a fellow struggler mm-hmm. whether that's the area you struggle in or something else mm-hmm. and um, and always be faithful in letting your kids know that they can never, ever outsend the grace of God. It's never yeah. too late yep. again again. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yes. Perfect. So good. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I Well, with the screens thing, it's interesting. We've, we've come up with this where um, we think struggle parenting and these continuing conversations of just being aware of what is coming to our kids daily um, I feel like we have a pretty open conversation at home, but then there's like this little area of in between home and school when like my kids walk home from school and so they have friends that have phones. And so there's this, um, that little time period where I'm like, I have no control over what's going on. And all I can say is if your friend friends are doing something inappropriate, 
It's your job to just come home and, and like giving them that empowerment of saying, this is your choice in this little time period. Cause like at our, our house, we try to take whoever's coming in and out that has a phone and say, Hey, it has to be on the counter in the kitchen. Like no taking it downstairs together. None of that. Not in the bedroom. Nowhere. But there's a lot of like this letting go and letting them choose. And that's really hard (laughs) as a mom. And that's, that's really where this whole conversation comes in where you're, what you're doing is you're teaching and you're training them at a very early age to guard their heart. And you're telling them, Mm -hmm. I am not going to be there all the time Mm -hmm. to keep you safe. Yeah. I am not going to be there at some point. You will not want me there <laughs> right in the preteen years mm-hmm. or the tween years yep. and so uh yeah mm-hmm. you're in that corner where you you know mom starts off they're so little and they look at you and like oh mom hung the moon and it's yeah. like mom is from the moon. it takes a you know turn <laughs> yes yep. so um, that's where i'm at we'll be praying thank you thank you <laughs> if it helps i'm best friends with my daughter and she lives three miles from my house Yay. so we see each other daily so there's that the reward. <laughs> but, um, but you're you know really you've got to the, you know the other thing I share in that particular conversation and this is I think this is helpful for me it's hope, hope it's hopefully helpful for anyone out there who mm-hmm. fills that hole um, with just digital distractions and I know most of us do yeah um, but to teach our kids to ask themselves this question on a regular basis mm-hmm. is this good for my soul. Mm, that's, so that's good. Great. Especially for our daughters. You know, it's a simple question, but I, I've had to train myself. Mm. Okay. Sometimes I feel like I'm feeling rather empty, right? And I'm realized, oh, I've spent an awful lot of time lately on Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter puts me in a very, very grumpy mood. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, certain things out there. Uh, but even if it's something just fairly innocent, innocuous, like um, oh my new favorite game, Wordscapes, you know, and uh, I don't know if y'all played it. So addictive. <laughs> see, there's the dopamine blast going mm-hmm. on in my head. So again, moms could share something like that, just anything related to that, to let their kids know they're they can relate on a, on some level. Yeah. You can just letting your kids know. Yeah, sometimes I get on Facebook and I'm going through this news feed and mm-hmm. after a while I realize it's been like 35, 40 minutes mm-hmm. and I just have to stay on there five minutes and I feel kind of empty when I get off. And, yeah. You know, 35 minutes I can never get back in my life and I, I realize this is not good for my soul. That's mm-hmm. a great so question. Answer that Holy Spirit nudge and I've got to yeah. actually do something about it when I recognize it. Mm-hmm. And so we can get our kids to ask themselves the same question and again help them know that we too struggle with it and we're trying to ask ourselves that so you know it doesn't hurt to yeah yeah a dinner table or whatever have conversations related to wow the other day you know i was online and i just got distracted and i got on this bunny trail and before you knew it i was looking at some person that i barely know his cousin's best friend's wedding pictures (laughs) and you know yeah right and it's just just be honest yeah right the time that I gave up for that and Mm, not a more dangerous level for our children when they know that whatever it is, is not good for their soul because it's contrary to what God's word tells them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, and I mean, with my 12 year old, she does have a phone, but it's just for messaging and calling. And, um, so she's been begging, well, she signed a contract for sixth grade 
to not use social media at her school. They all signed a contract. And, um, but then she's been begging me for Pinterest, which I can't stand Pinterest (laughs) for (laughs) some of the reasons there. But that is a, that has been a, a real conversation of, you know, it's, yes, it's fun to look at and there is a lot of, well, I can't do that. So, yeah. yeah, and I don't look like that and I can't create that. And so I love where you're saying, what you're saying is just being honest with where you struggle. So even if I just came into that conversation of just saying, here's why I don't like Pinterest, <laughs> because for me, it's a big uh, comparison trap mm. and that I'm not a good enough, whatever mom. Yeah. Well, Whatever. First of all, and you said she's how old? 12? 12. I mean, the fact that she's 12 and all she's really wanting right now is Pinterest speaks well of your parents. No. <laughs> so, I mean, with, with, compared to what I have mothers emailing me that their 12 year olds are into, oh. it's just, you, you know, you, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, one example I give or analogy is, you know, because we also have to be careful that we don't go on the other extreme. Right. Where every forbidden mm. and so then you have the law of forbidden fruit which most likely kicks in in the high school or college years if you made yeah. it that far with keeping them off everything mm-hmm. which i don't advise and so at some point when you think she's ready that would be a great first step but the analogy i give is like just as you would not take a two-year-old and you know take them from their tricycle and put them on a 10-speed bike and give them a shove mm. into you know the say good luck part of town yeah and say, yeah god <laughs> to you <laughs> not do that with your child either so you would train them yeah and so a training skills approach with digital mm. media social media that's good to, that's a great one when you ready to take that first step yeah. and say even though this is something that makes mom feel like i just never measure up or mm. there's something better out there there's a bigger yeah. house or a better house or everybody's cooking those awesome meals <laughs> with all those recipes and y'all are getting tacos every night or whatever mm-hmm. you know you're sharing with her this is what my struggle is with Pinterest mm. and so maybe we'll do this together maybe you know mm. I want to check your account I want to have your passwords or whatever mm-hmm. but I want to just check in with you when when you think she's ready for this I'm not saying you yeah know, you would yeah do that. Uh, but when she is ready that you make that part of the deal and that you, she checks in with you and she tells you honestly mm-hmm. how it makes her feel like you look at her pin boards, you yeah. look at the things she's interested in and you ask her just honestly, struggler to struggler, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you find yourself comparing, mm-hmm. you know, to some of these things or wishing that you had them or believing that if you did have them, that you would be fulfilled, mm-hmm. and happy, satisfied, because really the more the most beautiful thing about that is that speaking to that empty place we all have in our hearts right. our souls that only Jesus Christ can fill and so right. we've got to engage this generation especially in that conversation and and that's again but with all the doom and gloom that i heard you know i read and my research about this this generation i was left actually feeling a whole lot of hope hmm. because i realized that if we can be honest with them and expose that, just the truth that we all have that empty place in our hearts and yeah. souls that only Jesus Christ can fill, mm-hmm. they're going to get there a whole lot sooner hmm. yeah. than they busted. And so that's a good thing if they can get there. If they are feeling the effects of, okay, that didn't do the trick. Yeah. Having this many followers being Instagram famous doesn't do the trick. Mm-hmm. You know, these people are miserable. And, you know, and, and point out too when, 
you see that it's not living up mm -hmm. to the world's expectations or what the culture is telling them the formula is for happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Ricky, and I love that using something as a training ground, just like that was yeah. the perfect example of using Pinterest as a training ground. Cause then when they do want to get on the bigger, I don't know, the bigger sites or the Instagram, Instagram, and, Snapchat, and then you're already, that relationship's already molded and already in place to where you can start. Yeah. Does that? Oh, I absolutely. Mean, and that's the just... other, the other thing, you know, is, is the, just the amount of time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So when she begins to engage in Pinterest, um, whether you give her limits or she learns, you know, when summer break comes along that, oh, wow, I actually felt that emptiness mm -hmm. when I spent too much time. So she's identifying um, with a site like Pinterest, which is a far better training ground than throwing her into Instagram and Snapchat and saying, yeah, okay, good luck good trying luck. to engage yeah. Yeah. this good soul yeah. mm -hmm. when you, you know, yeah, jump in uh, um, to the deep end, literally. Yeah. yeah. That's totally. good. She's going to be so happy. <laughs> I kind of feel like my mind just got switched. <laughs> so that's good. That is good. She's going to be jumping for, for one, joy. Maybe, maybe I'll get a thank you note from a 12-year-old. <laughs> right? She'll be like, that Vicky Courtney. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I had a 13-year-old email me one time. Way back, I had a book come out, logged on and tuned out. It was back, so far back, it was the MySpace stuff. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I was one of the first to write about it. And I was on it, you know, as a mom. And uh, exposed what was going on and uh, this kid was so mad it was a boy and he wrote me the meanest letter or email and oh. said that he, he hid the book from his mother but then she found the email and he had to apologize to me so anyway <laughs> be nice to get a thank you from a teenager <laughs> good to know that's awesome <laughs> uh, so uh, to finish it out was there any other conversations that you wanted to hit on I mean, conversation four deals with, you know, launching your child into adulthood. And so, yeah. you know, a lot of parents think, oh, yeah, you, you really hit the ground running in the high school years for that. Nope. You know, that starts when they're young, getting chores, getting them a sense mm -hmm. of responsibility. And so I divide that up into like a pre-launch stage, a launch stage, a final launch, which is really the high school years. Um, and then, you know, you hope by then um, they've got an idea of what it looks like to be an adult. And so, um, mm. that would be, you know, of course, an important conversation. They're all important. Of right. Course. Yes. The fifth one deals a lot with just the spiritual disciplines mm. and how we impart to our kids, um, that we're, we're called to be students of God's word and mm. what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to serve others. And I talk a lot in with Gen Z, um, in, in just the final part of the book that the challenge we face as parents today is uh, because there's so many things that this generation, as I mentioned at the beginning, growing up in post-Christian America, they don't necessarily view as wrong. Hmm, and right. so face the challenge of sharing God's truth with them mm -hmm. uh, and showing them, okay, again, the why behind God's standards, but we must change our methodology. I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so kind of the motto that I adopted in that part of the book is that we've got to teach our children to walk in truth, but to lead with love. Hmm. And I feel like maybe in generations past, we left out the the, the lead with love part mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And what that looks like yeah. to love others aren't like us or um, 
who aren't making decisions that line up with God's word. And a lot of them don't have no idea what God's word even says. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's going to be important that we're not coming down, you know, as these just highly judgmental parents with, I can't believe those kids do those sorts of things. Right. You know, and so mm-hmm. more of an attitude of all, but all, but for the grace of God, go each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. If raised in that home if we you know and even if we are raised in this home mm-hmm. where we're teaching you about God's truth we all have the same propensity to sin as anybody else yes on any day in any given moment yep. to fall into anything and the minute we start thinking we're about that is uh when our kids are they're going to absorb that yeah. yeah they are going to absorb that if we're always painting a picture of us and them yeah mm. and so we we really got to work on what that looks like to walk, to teach our kids to walk in truth, mm. but to lead love. Um, yeah. And the beautiful thing about that, and what I point out at the end of the book, is just that again, um, this generation, I believe, and the hope we have here is they will recognize that empty place a lot sooner than maybe a lot of us did. Amen. And they'll they'll come up short, and they'll hopefully remember these things that we've taught them, and we've given them the answer that Jesus Christ and his gospel is the only thing that can fill that empty place in your heart and soul. Yeah. And then they will be able to take it to their peers yes. in love. Yeah. Amen. They will be able to lead and share that hope with them. Yeah. And especially they can identify with their peers that, hey, I've got that same empty place in my heart and soul as well. Mm-hmm. Well, Vicki, that's just great. I mean, that's a great place to end. Yeah. We just thank you so much for being on our show today and just – I took so many notes I know. and I'm just like, <laughs> already I feel geared up to be a better mom. I know. Uh, well, thank y'all for having me. And, and seriously, having you come back and talk about the boys. Love to. We'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank thanks you. so much. Okay. Have a great day. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Rebels. Not only did it sound like they had a good time, it also sounded like we learned a lot. Thank you so much to Vicki Courtney. Also, thanks to MyPillow, MyPillow.com, code word REBEL for a discount on a four-pack of pillows. And always, thank you to The Voice of the Martyrs, not just for sponsoring Rebel Parenting, which we appreciate so much, but for helping those being persecuted around the world for more than 50 years. Persecution.com is their website. Check them out. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon.